Okay, Andrew Shear says that the uh, Canadian Food Guide seems to be more ideologically uh, driven by people who have a philosophical perspective and a bias against milk. Let's get our uh, nutritionist and uh, gut expert, uh, Laura DeSanctis. She joins us every Thursday, and she joins us here in studio on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And uh, Laura, what what do you make of that comment from the uh, conservative leader as somebody who uh, studies food in the food guide? Well, I think that's a very biased comment on his end, especially considering that there's science behind Canada's food guide, and it's taken over 10 years to revise it. So I'm curious to see and why he thinks that there's more calcium in a glass of skim milk for his son as opposed to leafy greens, because there's tons of research that states that there's more calcium in a handful of leafy greens than there is in a glass of milk, not to mention that uh, milk is super pro-inflammatory. So it leads to eczema, it leads to a lot of digestive issues, gas and bloating. So that's been proven time and again, and it's one of the top allergens. So I think to me it's... um, it's a political move, and I think maybe it's he's working with the dairy farmers of Canada as to why it's to bring back milk. But I don't think it's a great option for Canadians. And also when we look at Canada's food guide, I mean, it's created for 37 million people. It doesn't mean everyone's going to follow that exact standard or that guideline. Yeah, can you create anything uh, like, like that for 37 million no, people? No, right? of yeah. course not, right? But I mean, we have moved a step in the right direction where half of our plate now is veggies whereas you looked at it 10 plus years ago we didn't have that mm-hmm. as canada's food guide and not only that um the standard drink of choice is water and our body's made up of water so we need water we need to consume water way more than we need to consume dairy we needed you a break ago when we had to call her i was just <laughs> telling you that phone in said i don't like water <laughs> but water's kind of essential though isn't it, it? is yeah. essential mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely essential especially when you compare it to milk which milk is uh, super inflammatory, but not only that, I mean, you can always add things to your water so it doesn't taste so bland. You could add fruits, you can add mint, you can add spices, and I don't think a lot of people ever look at water mm. like that, even lemon, just simple lemon and water. Yeah, spice things up, great right? advice. Uh, you know, it's interesting how you were couching uh, this argument as being one about uh, calcium more than just uh, about milk, uh, mm-hmm. because uh, that's one of the main reasons why we uh, consume uh, milk, or, or people do, is yeah. uh, for calcium, but there's so many ways to get that. That's right. right. I think that's a very a common misconception. I think um, if you look at uh, the medical side of things, a lot of doctors or even pharmacists will say, you know, get your calcium from um, dairy sources, but a lot of people neglect how much you can get from plant-based sources. And we see this trend more and more where people are going more towards a plant-based diet and they still have, uh, they meet their calcium needs. Yeah, when you say that uh, milk is uh, inflammatory, uh, mm-hmm. what does that do inflammation uh, to the body? Uh, what are the effects? Yeah, so from a digestive perspective, um, a lot of people are lactose intolerant, so they're allergic to the protein in milk. So uh, in terms of inflammation, it, right away when you get gas and bloating, that's the body's response mechanism to you. Like, I can't break this down. This is something you gave to me, and it feels like it's foreign to the body. Um, a lot of distension. Some people will find that they'll have skin rashes. You'll see that it's very common with uh, psoriasis and eczema where uh, the body can't break down milk anymore. So it's going to come out somewhere. And it's going to either come out through your bowels or through your skin. Yeah. So when you uh, are gaseous, when you've got gas or you're feeling bloated, mm-hmm. uh, that that is your body sending you a message, sending you a signal that uh, yeah. basically I don't like what you've done to That's me. That's right. Yeah. It's that direct um, biofeedback mechanism is that you, you put something in my body and I don't want to respond to this in a way that I can't digest it. I can't absorb it. So I'm going to try different ways to eliminate it. Mm-hmm. And you'll see with a lot of people that have IBS and are lactose intolerant, there's a 
correlation, they'll either have constipation or they'll have, you know, diarrhea. And that's maybe too much TMI for this afternoon, but... We're all about real talk here. <laughs> real talk. Uh, along those lines, I mentioned, I don't think I've had dairy for... And when I say that, uh, then I started thinking, well, wait a minute, I like cheese. Yeah. I'll, uh, you know, have a charcuterie board occasionally with some cheese on it or something like that. Uh, but for the most part, uh, you know, I'm all about almond milk now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you recently turned me on to oat milk. Oat milk, yeah. yeah oat milk's is... a great option. Cashew milk. Mm-hmm. You can try hemp. Um, I think a lot of people don't uh, realize that there are other options available on the market. Yeah, so just something to, to, to think consider, about. For sure. And, and just finally, when it comes to Canada's food guide, mm-hmm. uh, since that's what sparked this whole conversation, it recently has been uh, revised. Is it something that, uh, I don't know, should be subject to criticism? Is it something that we should always have an ongoing discussion yes, about? Yes, I, I think so. I think, I mean, it's a step ahead in the right direction, but we can certainly modify it. I would like to see, uh, I wouldn't like to see soy because I feel like it's very pro-inflammatory as well. Um, but I do think, you know, based on half a plate being leafy green, that that's great. Now, how do we educate people and how do we implement this day in, day out? I think a lot more education needs to be around dairy alternatives, why water is a great source. And also with Canada's Food Guys, and, and they touched on this, is that um, they talk about mindful eating as well. So that's something that it's not just trendy. It's something that I think North Americans kind of stepped away from, but we need to incorporate it back when we look at our, our plate and our plate as a whole. Okay. What do you mean by that mindfully, just really thinking about what it is yeah, we're consuming? thinking and... about what we're consuming, where it came from, the source, actually tasting our food. Um, believe it or not, that you're supposed to chew from a digestive perspective 20 to 50 times per bite. Come on, like every piece of whatever I'm putting in, like a piece of broccoli, I'm supposed to chew at least how many times? Yeah, 20 to 50 times. So it's a paste. (laughs) But I don't know anyone that does that. No, I was going to say my jaw would be very (laughs) sore. So I I use my jaw most of the day talking. I don't think I got that much energy left in it. I don't think a lot of people do. (laughs) We're here with the nutritionist, uh, Laura DeSanctis. Uh, Let's also talk about the the story that is uh, starting to trend Mm -hmm. about this mother who is uh, warning. It's a very, very sad story. Uh, Mm -hmm. Lost her daughter, who was, I believe, only 25. Yep. And uh, from consuming too much protein, Mm -hmm. and in particular, uh, protein shakes. Mm -hmm. So... I really want to know more research about the source of the protein and was it the same type of protein that uh, this woman was consuming and for how long. But the study, or sorry, the article did say that um, she had some deficiency already, uh, urinary deficiency where uh, her body couldn't break down certain enzymes and that created more uric acid in the body. So I believe that would be one of the reasons why. But from a nutritionist perspective, it's funny because there's so many uh, conflicting studies out there that say protein's good for you, protein's not good for you. Um, Like protein supplements? Protein supplements or, again, um, animal versus plant because how your body absorbs the animal protein would be a lot different than it would be plant. Mm -hmm. But I think all all things considered, I I like to look at what was this person's lifestyle like. How much protein was she consuming per day? What was her body weight uh, like at the time that she had passed away? Um, there's so many other factors that can come into play here. Yeah, because this mother, sorry, is arguing that uh, protein uh, you know, uh, protein powders mm-hmm. and uh, health drinks, uh, smoothies or shakes should come uh, w- with a warning. I do think that there should be more regulations, especially when it comes to um, the natural health care products in Canada, I think that there's a lot of skewed information out there. And I think when you go into a supplement store and you can get, you know, you can get caffeine pills, you can get protein, you can get all these different types of supplements that you may think will benefit you. But are these people consulting their doctor if they had any um, 
medical history or family history of certain diseases, or are they doing anything as a preventative before they're taking these supplements? And not only that, when we're looking at these protein powders, um, what are the binders and what are the, the fillers? Mm. I'm very curious about that too, because there's so much sugar, there's so much um, excess additives, uh, sweeteners to make it more palatable. Yeah, you got to be really careful. I think people see canisters of this stuff and they believe, oh, okay, this is like a magic powder that weightlifters use yeah. and I'm going to be able to bulk up and I'll get uh, very muscular. But uh, you don't, unless you really do your research, you don't necessarily know what's in these powders. That's right. right. That's right. Can you consume too much of that? Because uh, I kind of got on that yeah. uh, kick uh, a few years ago where I, I'll drink a smoothie instead mm-hmm. of have a meal. It, it's easier and it's filling and it's going to help me uh, you know, with my weight loss goals or whatever. And after a while, I started feeling like really crappy. Yeah. And it was because of that, because I was just consuming too much of this protein powder. Too much protein. Was it whey or was it uh, uh, vegan? I think it was whey at the time and I've now switched to, to more of a vegan based yeah. and a cleaner powder. Yeah. I find a lot of people have a lot of problems digesting the whey protein. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, it's like how many times a day were you consuming whey protein or how many tablespoons were you putting in your smoothie too that would be a big factor but i think a lot of people from a weight loss perspective they will cut down or reduce the amount of carbs they have or not even have them at all yeah i was doing that protein. as well at the time mm-hmm. yeah and my my body i mean was just i think in shock <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean how long can you sustain that though right our brain runs on glucose so we need carbohydrates and i think a lot of people forget that there are carbohydrates in our fruits and vegetables as well mm-hmm. and is it better as a rule to try to get to your protein through kind of uh, a I guess more of those natural sources. Natural sources. Yeah. Always, always whole foods are the best options for sure, because it's a lot easier for your body to break down. Whereas opposed to you having like a whey protein, it's like a foreign substance to the body. It doesn't know what this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so should you kind of limit your smoothies or your protein shakes for after immediately after a workout? You shouldn't necessarily be thinking of them as a meal substitutes or replacements. Um, I think And if we go back from a digestive perspective, if you're on the run a lot and you know that you're not going to be able to actually sit down and enjoy and digest your meal, then I would definitely have a smoothie. But I think a lot of us don't even consider what we're putting in our smoothies. We're just so mindless. Like, okay, I'm going to put my protein. I'm going to add like ice cubes. I'm going to add some fruit. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we need to look at that. And then why are we always gravitating to a smoothie? Are there other sources of natural protein we can have instead of the smoothie? I, th- I think smoothies are great for you, but again, it's like, are you using that as a replacement for a meal or is that something that you have as your go-to post-workout or for breakfast? Those yeah. are great options, but then again, all things considered, what are you putting day in, day out in your shakes? Are you putting just protein? Are you adding collagen? Are you adding fish oil? Right, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just remember I kind of hit a maximum uh, or peak smoothie uh, one day when I was putting spinach and mango in the blender again. I was like, oh, I can't do this. I can't eat this one more day. <laughs> you have to change it up, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, nutritionist Laura DeSantis with us here on this Thursday. Laura, great to see you as always. Thank thanks. You. And you can follow Laura on Instagram at go with your gut.